Good morning, North Maine. This is Pastor Brandon. Um, I know most of you are viewing this from home. Maybe you've gotten together with a couple other people. I appreciate your willingness to join me online. Uh, normally on a Sunday morning, we'd be in the sanctuary. The kids would be in the children's ministry. We would have just come from classes, uh, learning about different books of the Bible or topics that we've been studying together. Uh, but this morning's a little different and unique. So again, thank you for joining us online. Um, normally in the morning worship service we'd have a live band and music and things like that going on but under the circumstances uh, we don't have that this morning so I hope that you were able to put in your your favorite CD to worship or turn on your favorite radio channel a Christian radio channel to listen to some worship music this morning uh, to be able to have your own private or family time of worship um, We'd also be taking up an offering, which is one of the things we haven't communicated up to this point. Um, the best way to do that is to go online to our website, and there is a tab at the top of our website at www.northmaincog.org, and it says to give. You can give online. Uh, if you're a regular attender for North Maine and you haven't signed up to give online, you can have have that taken care of as well by going to our website and signing up today. We're working on a text to give uh, capability, which we do have the capability of. We just gotta get that launched, so you'll probably see that coming really soon. Um, but in the meantime, again, I thank you for your patience. We are the church. The building doesn't signify uh, whether or not we're the church. We are the church whether we are together in one place or whether we are in multiple different communities. So thank you for joining us uh, in this venue like this all across our community. One of the most important things about the coronavirus and our response to it as a church is to not just maintain a false positive attitude, but rather to remember that God is in control. He's always on his throne ruling victorious we know that through the life of jesus christ sin and death have been conquered so regardless of what this virus does there is a lord and a savior who cares deeply for all people especially his people his children which you and i are a part of and if you're watching today and you don't know jesus as lord and savior i hope that what's going on in our society and globally gives you pause to ask the question, where am I? What do I believe? And what would happen in my life if I, if I were to pass away? God forbid that happens. Uh, but it all gives us a chance in this time to ask those questions. Meeting with our board and our leadership team over the past few days, uh, one of the things that really struck me as I was thinking about what's going on globally and now nationally and even in our own backyard here in Pennsylvania is this question, what is God possibly saying to us at this time? Because God speaks in multiple different ways at multiple different times. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that God has caused this great fiasco or disaster, but I know he can bring something good out of something bad. We see that all throughout scripture. Uh, the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis comes to mind when I think of his brothers selling him into slavery and, and uh, many years later, his brothers are, are now in front of him and he's second in command uh, in Egypt. And 
his brothers realize who he is uh, because he outs himself as being their brother and they fall down in fear of what he might do and he reassures them with this what you intended for evil God has purposed for good so as we're looking at this situation what what the enemy intends for evil through sickness disease terrorizing all of us right now God intends for good so what is he saying what is he gonna bring out about the uh, through this situation so here's what I think he might be saying and don't quote me on this I'm not prophesying in any way form or fashion but I get the sense that he's saying stop I mean look at all the things that have shut down look at the countries that are shutting down in the United States our schools are shutting down our public places are shutting down except for the necessary places and the emergency personnel I think God may be saying to us spiritually stop you're focused on the wrong things lately you guys have been going off the rails your media your your officials your politics for God's sake literally is just so often left field so I think one of the things he may be saying to us is stop even to the church stop and I think he might be saying to us refocus what's most important where are you putting your hope where are you finding yourself today with these questions that I know are circling in your mind of do we have enough toilet paper yeah you can laugh at that I've been through the stores they're cleaned out um, do we have enough canned goods do we have enough this that or the other and we're worried and I'm reminded also of Jesus words about worrying about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough worries of its own how much time can we add to our life how many more days can we add by worrying we can't if he's willing and able to feed the sparrows is he not more than willing and able to feed us yes it doesn't mean we shouldn't do our due diligence and 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 help each other and and truly take care of our families during this time of crisis but should we be fearing and worrying over this no not at all um, the second thing is as I get ready to read the scripture is where's your mindset this morning because I'm sure some of you are watching right now and you're frustrated that we canceled services and I understand that um, I would rather us to be safe than sorry we do have an aging community that's a part of our church and many of them I'm sure are watching right now and I'm glad that you're joining us this morning from the comfort of your homes we love you we care for you we don't want to jeopardize the health of anybody the younger generations don't seem to be as susceptible to this they get it they get over it I know the vast majority said I think the latest reports are 80 percent of people that get this actually recover from it fairly well but what about the other 20 percent and what about the 20 percent that maybe go to our church that may not respond well to this virus if they were to get it so we're just taking the appropriate safe measures to keep everybody safe which is what the church should be doing anyway right being a voice of reason during a time of chaos as well so as I was thinking about this and and we're stepping a little bit outside of our our message series this morning obviously for this reason is I I wanted us to think about instead of fear and panic and all of that I wanted us to think about what God might be thinking about for us 
the the psalm kept coming back to mind specifically psalm 91 i know many of you probably know that if you don't it'll be good for you to hear this today i came across uh this illustration just a little while ago i thought was fitting before we get into the reading of the word and that is this one of the early explorers of south africa's ocean waters his name was bartholomew diaz he went around the cape on a stormy sea and the cape uh at the bottom of Africa, which is now called the Cape of Good Hope, uh, this cape that he was going around a long time ago before Vasco da Gama went around it, uh, threatened to tear his ship apart. It is one of the most tumultuous uh, bodies of water on the face of the earth, even today. Ships that go through there have a hard time navigating around what is called the Cape of Good Hope. So this guy, Bartholomew, when he went around there, he ended up naming this, this cape the Cape of Storms, which is actually the more, appropriate, uh, the more appropriate name for it. But Vasco da Gama, who came later, he changed the name to the Cape of Good Hope, for he saw ahead of him the jewels and the treasures of India. You can call this life of storms, if you wish, because, I mean, honestly, look at the news, the radio, the, the TV, the newspapers. Everybody's telling us what we should be worried about, what we should be panicked about. We can call this a life of storms, but if we wish to see a glorious redemption of eternity ahead of us, we have to call it what is only the way that we should as Christ followers, and that is a life of good hope. We don't live as believers in Christ in this life without hope. So let me, let me read Psalm 91 to you, and then we'll break it down briefly this morning. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. Did you get what he said there? Now, I hope you trust and believe that God is capable and able of doing that. I hope that you're praying in those ways. Verse 4, he goes on to say, He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Through Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evil will these evils will not touch you just open your eyes he goes on to say and see how the wicked are punished if you make the lord your refuge you will make the most high your shelter no evil will conquer you no plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go he will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Do you remember that when Jesus was in the wilderness and the enemy was tempting him with those very same words? And he knew that God would protect him, but he wasn't going to succumb or give in to the temptations of the enemy. 
you in verse 13 verse 13 you will trample upon lions and cobras you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet and then finally the last section he says this the lord says i will rescue those who love me i will protect those who trust in my name when they call on me i will answer i will be with them in trouble i will rescue and honor them i will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation so the real quick three things this morning if i were to give you your sermon outline and sermon notes like you'd get in your morning worship folder this would be one of the fill in the blanks and it's this number one god is our shelter so what does a shelter do well, if it's raining outside, a shelter provides you a, a dry place to keep warm. Um, it provides you shelter from storms and wind and rain. It provides us, if there's a hailstorm, um, we, we won't get beat down by that. A shelter provides us safety. If God is our shelter, then he's going to provide us safety in a way through this current storm. Now, you may not be facing the storm that globally we're facing with the pandem this pandemic of the coronavirus, but maybe you're facing other health issues this morning. Maybe you're facing job problems. Maybe you're facing family issues, uh, financial struggles. Maybe you're facing a myriad of other issues, and the coronavirus is the furthest thing from your mind this morning. And you think this whole thing is ridiculous that we're having to do this. Whatever the case is, <clears throat> God desires to be your shelter. But here's the thing, he can't be your shelter unless you're willing to come under his protection. He won't force that on you. The second thing from this passage I think is very important to remember is that God is our protector. <clears throat> As we think about protection, some of the things that come to mind to me are policemen, our military uh, personnel, um, all of those that really stand in the line of fire. God has done more than stand in the line of fire for us. If we think about the love of God, and I know I quote this often, but John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know what God did to give his son? He gave him to the point of having him crucified on a cross. To die a death, we should have died. So how did God protect us from that one act? Well, he took our sins upon himself. It says he became sin. Paul says this in the book of, uh, uh, in his letter to the Corinthians. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. This, saying, this is what it's saying. <clears throat> God, through Jesus Christ, took up all that made us ill and sick because of our sinful nature and the sins in our life. He took those upon himself. He took our sickness upon himself so that we could become clean. So regardless of what happens in this life, we know that God is our protector, not just in the here and now, but for everlasting to everlasting. He is our protector, but he cannot protect us if we're not willing to come under his protection. Now, let me, let me rephrase that. He can protect us. I think sometimes he protects us in spite of ourselves, 
But more often than not, he desires us to come under his protection just as much as he desires us to come under his shelter. The last thing, real quickly, is this, is that God is our rescue. Think about that for a minute. If God is our shelter, he is our protector, according to Psalm 91, as the psalmist writes, he is also our rescue. What does it mean that God is our rescue? When we call out to him, help me, he is willing to swoop in and rescue us. He is willing to save the day as he always does. But here's the thing, he may not save the day the way you think he should in your own life or the way you think you should in on the national level or on the global level see god's ways are so much higher than our ways his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts and so the question is are we willing to allow him to rescue us in the midst of all of this if he gives us a different answer i think so yes let me close with this and it's this archaeologists they they've dug up um these first century these first century cemeteries in Greece and Rome and do you know what they found on some of these tombs I found this interesting as I was doing some of this research these archaeologists that have dug up some of the first century uh, cemeteries in Greece and Rome have found tombstones that bear the Greek or the Latin inscription no hope can you imagine that that to be inscribed on your tombstone Imagine living your entire life with no hope, and that becomes your legacy. Imagine going to your death to that eternal night with no hope. Now, I, I'm not trying to be a fear monger. We don't, we don't know when we're going to leave this earth. I know we have this pressing issue of a virus that's going around. God forbid that takes any of us from this earth. We may, we may have another... 20, 30, 40 years, many of us, or even longer. Who knows? We aren't given the next moment. We just don't know. But what we do know is we need to be ready. If there's anything I know about the Gospels, and if there's anything I know about Jesus' teaching, those letters in red in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's this. He says, be ready. Be ready. When, when one of the men came to him and said, Jesus, I want to come follow you, but first let me go home and, and bury my, my father. You know what he said? No one who puts their hand to the plow turns back. Why? Because we veer off the path if we do that. First, Jesus, let me go home and set my affairs straight. No, the time is now. There's, there's no turning back. See, the issue is, Jesus wants us to make a decision now, not later, not when it's convenient, not when we think we've uh, amassed enough wealth or done enough things or achieved enough life successes, because honestly, those things are in vain. <laughs> Interesting. I'm taking my seventh grade class right now at Penn Christian Academy through uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. It's one of the most depressing books of the Bible. 12 chapters of Solomon writing futility, futility, everything is futility. Or one version says meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. And you know why he's saying that? Because he's amassed, he's amassed wealth, he's amassed fame, he's amassed fortune, he has 700 wives and 300 concubines, or is it 300 wives, 700 concubines? Look it up. 
He's amassed all of this stuff, and for what good purpose? Because he thought all of these pleasures, this fame, this fortune, he even goes so far as to say in there, believe this, he goes so far as to say in there, I've amassed all the wisdom and knowledge that anybody can amass on the face of the earth, and you know what I count that? I count it as meaningless. He comes down to the very last couple verses in the whole book, and he says this, nothing matters except trusting in God. That's really what it boils down to. All that matters is that you put your hope, your trust in God and his commands and live the rest of your days for him. So if we could take that bit of wisdom from a book of meaninglessness in the Old Testament, doesn't it seem to bear light on what we're going through today? I mean, if the coronavirus is real and is gonna take our lives, then what does it matter what we have versus what we don't have, except for our spiritual life, this relationship with Jesus Christ. So let me leave you with this charge. In the next couple of weeks, as we are uh, limiting our social gatherings, can you maybe give calls to people? See, as the church, it's not about the pastor making all these calls. It's about us being the church together and doing the kind of calls that we necessarily need to for one another, to care for one another, to, to share love with one another. I mean, you have people in your own neighborhood that uh, who, who may fit the bill for some of these situations. Like, they, they may have some, some health issues and they're afraid of getting out because if they contract this virus, it could be life-threatening for them. Maybe they're senior citizens that live in your neighborhood. You know senior citizens that maybe go to this church. Or maybe you know people that, that are just super worried about this. Give them a call. Send them an email. Look them up on Facebook. Send them a Facebook message. Encourage them during this time. Be encouraging to one another. Exhort one another to good deeds. That's what we should be about. Again, we need to be a stabilizing force in the community right now. The church needs to rise and shine at this moment. I believe God has given us this time to do something amazing and to speak the truth in love to a world that is on fire. Let's be the calming, cool voice by speaking through, through uh, this voice of reason, and with this voice of reason, through the power of the Holy Spirit, who can bring calm and peace during this troubled time. So as the North Main Street Church of God, go and be the church. Be careful. Limit your time in public settings, because I want you to stay safe, uh, so that we can come back together and we can give testimonies in this space about what God did and continues to do uh, through the testimony of his church. So let me say a word of prayer over you. I'll let you get to your day. Uh, stay safe. Again, join us next week at 1030 in the morning. These will be posted for the next three weeks, uh, the next two weeks after this message. Uh, the 29th will be the last message we will post in this series, pending everything goes back uh, to normal. So let me say a word of prayer over you and let you get to your day. Father, thank you for the men and women watching this post right now. Thank you for uh, watching over us and, and blessing us and keeping us safe. God, I pray your hedge of protection, not only around North Main Street Church of God and those that call this their church, um, but... Uh, that God, you would set your hedge of protection around this community called Butler. God, we know that you are willing and desire to reign victorious. As a matter of fact, you already do through Jesus Christ. 
I pray that you would be uh, a light to the world through your church right now. Help us, the body of Christ, to be your hands and feet in practical ways that help our community. Help us to reach out to those in need right now who are afraid to get out. Maybe we could take them groceries or, or get their prescriptions or, or just check on them to let them know we care, we love them, we're thinking about them. Uh, God, help us to be the church without walls in this season. I ask all these things in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.